Welcome to Enjoying the Journey with Evangelist Scott Pauling. Today, we are on a journey through Scripture. We hope you'll join us as we make 66 stops through each book of the Word of God. Can you believe we have now journeyed to the last stop in the Old Testament? We've come to the final Old Testament book, the Old Testament prophet Malachi. One person not familiar with Scripture said that that Old Testament prophet Malachi. Well, I don't think Malachi was Italian. And uh, this was a man who was chosen by God at the end of the Old Testament era to give God's final great message before the 400 silent years. His name means Jehovah's Messenger. The word messenger is actually used three times in this book, and he was just that. He was God's messenger. He delivered the last great message of the Old Testament. He was a contemporary of, or he lived soon after, Nehemiah. So if you read Malachi and Nehemiah alongside one another, you're going to find they're dealing with the same sins and the same problems. Uh, he prophesies about a hundred years after Haggai and Zechariah. So the temple's complete. It's now standing. And just on the other side of Malachi's message, there'll be 400 years of silence. 400 years with no open revelation. So just as Nehemiah was the last historical writer, Malachi is the last prophetical writer. And what does he write about? Well, he opens his book talking about how God has cared for them in the past. The first five verses of the book talk about the past. Then he transitions to the present. Our God is always dealing with us in the present, isn't he? And this particular section is a dialogue of God with His people. And here it's not the care of God that's emphasized, it's the complaint of God. Eleven times in the book it says, Ye say, and twenty-five times it says, Thus saith the Lord. In other words, what we say and what God says, not always the same. God's ways are higher than ours. God's thoughts are higher than ours. God's words are certainly higher than ours. God speaks to His people and He basically says, you, you failed me. You failed to do what I wanted you to do. You, you, you're going through the motions of it all, but you have not been obedient to me. We'll come back to that thought in just a moment. And then the book ends with an emphasis not on the care of God or the complaint of God, but on the coming of God. And so it shifts at the end of the book to the future, which I think is beautiful because remember, it's the end of the Old Testament. And so it's not just the conclusion to the first 39 books, it's a connector to the New Testament. And this section talks about the coming of Elijah. It's a reference to John the Baptist, the Lord's messenger coming. And also, of course, to Elijah himself prophesying before the second coming. And so Malachi takes a long look into the future. Aren't you glad that God is still at work and He's not through? He's up to something. But what is the great message of the book? Well, let me read you one verse, probably the most famous verse of the book. It's Malachi chapter 3 and verse 8 where the Bible says, Will a man rob God? Now that's, a, that's quite a question. Would you just ponder that a moment? Somebody says, Who would rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? And God answers, In tithes and offerings. There's an accusation, You've robbed me. There is an interrogation, Wherein have we robbed thee? And then there's a refutation, In tithes and offerings. He said, you've got no excuse. 
You've got no defense. God deals here with the principle of obedience bringing blessing and disobedience bringing cursing. Now, obviously, the immediate application is to their giving. They had failed to tithe and they had failed to give offerings. I don't have the time to get into this now, but I believe that tithing is not just an Old Testament principle under the law. It's an eternal principle for God's people. You see, they tithed even before the giving of the law of Moses. And so I believe that even in our day today, we should be tithers by convictions. And then beyond the tithe, we ought to give offerings out of all God's given to us, out of gratitude. But the principle is this. It's not about your money. God doesn't need your money. He wants your heart. He wants your life. What you do with your money, what you do with the resources God puts in your hand is just a revelation of how you reverence God or fail to in your heart. What do you think about the Lord? And so the key word here, robbery. Oh, what a thought to think stealing from God. What am I stealing from God today? Stealing money? Stealing glory? Stealing worship? Stealing everything He deserves, which is my all? Friend, you can't do that and get by. God speaks to His people here and says, My great complaint against you is that you have failed to obey me. May I ask you, is there any area in which you failed to obey God? Is there anything in your life right now the Holy Spirit has told you to do and God plainly teaches in His Word that you're not doing? Well, if there is, start there. Deal with it now. Because this is the last and the lasting message of the last book of the Old Testament. Now, Malachi wrote basically for two reasons. Number one, he wrote to expose the seeds of Phariseeism and Sadduceeism. You'll remember uh, that 400 years later, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were fully developed religious systems. They were fully developed uh, groups. Well, in Malachi, the seeds of that are planted. You remember the sin of the Pharisees was formalism. All the exterior without heart. Well, that's seen in Malachi in Israel's rituals apart from God's power. The sin of the Sadducees was skepticism. Remember, they doubted everything. They questioned anything supernatural, no miracles. Well, that's seen in eight sarcastic questions that Israel asked the Lord in this book. Questioning God, asking, can this really be right? And I think this is interesting. God says in Malachi, if you don't deal with these seeds, the beginning of these sins, it's going to go somewhere. And indeed it did. It became Phariseeism. It became Sadduceeism. Oh, my brother, my sister today, if you don't deal with sin when it's small, it will grow. It will get big. And God wants to expose those seeds in our life and say, deal with them while they're small. But there's a second reason why Malachi wrote, and that was to encourage the remnant. As surely as there'll be Pharisees and Sadducees 400 years later, 400 years later there'll also be a remnant. Do you remember people like John the Baptist and Simeon and Anna? See, give it time and whatever you are is going to come out. And God says there's a remnant. And I'm not going to have much to say for the next 400 years, but I want to encourage you. May I read to you Malachi chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another. And the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. In that day when I make up my jewels... And I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then shall you return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. I don't know about you. I don't want to be in the Pharisees and the Sadducees. I want to be in the remnant. 
speak to one another today. Encourage another remnant Christian today to press on for the Lord Jesus. The last word of the book of Malachi, the last word of the Old Testament is the word curse. Why would that be? For 400 years they have to live under that word curse. The curse of sin and the curse of the law. Why? All oh, because only Jesus could lift that curse by being made a curse for us. Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 13. Don't you love this truth? They're going to live under the curse, but Christ is going to break the curse and bring the blessing. He is going to be that son of righteousness arising with healing in his wings. Malachi chapter 4, verse number 2. He, he is coming, Malachi says, and indeed he did come. You see, there is a curse to disobedience, but there is a blessing found in the person of Jesus Christ. I hope you found that blessing today. Look to Jesus, because He alone can break the curse. Friend, did you know that the purpose of the Bible is not to know the Bible, the facts, the people, the places, but instead the purpose of the Bible is to know God. Do you know Him? Do you know that God has already done everything necessary for you to know Him? Jesus Christ, God's Son, died on the cross and rose again from the dead to pay for your sin debt. It is our prayer that you will trust Jesus today. If you'd like additional help in your Christian life, be sure to visit our website, scottpauley.org. Among the many resources we have available, we're excited to make available to you a Journey Through Scripture daily Bible reading plan. This will be a tremendous help in our current study. Until next time, may God help you to enjoy the journey.